Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, as you know, food brings people together and promotes community. And here at Principle of Hospitality, we're disrupting the current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. So that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia on this season of Poe. Now, taking its inspiration from New York delis and diners, in mid-2020, our next guest, Lioran Elliott, opened their first Soul Sandwiches location in the southeastern suburb of Carnegie in Melbourne. Since trying them for myself the first time in Bentley, actually their converted former cafe time and place, it has been one of my go-to sandwich venues in what is fast becoming a growing segment in the Melbourne hospitality scene. Fast forward less than two years later, and they now have three locations with plans for many more in the pipeline as well. So it's great to have the two co-founders today on the podcast, Lior and Elliot. Hey boys, how are you? How going, Sean? Sean? How are you? Nice intro. You made me blush there. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good when I have the guests blushing. That's great. Always Um, got a carpet for everyone. That's really nice. (laughs) Guys, it's great to have you on. Uh, Lior and I, we've, we've talked a lot the last year or so about the brand through Instagram and, and that kind of stuff. It's been great to to build up connection with you over that period of time, but then catching up with you guys last week and having a sandwich and, and, and a chat about what's going on. Like it's just outstanding to really hear what you guys are doing and what you're planning for the future, especially with such a young brand. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into how, how this brand is going to grow over the next couple of years. But before we do that, maybe Elliot, do you want to start out with how you guys actually met and how you yeah, guys started um, in the industry? For sure, for sure. Look, it's 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 been a bit of a roller coaster for Leora and I. Bit of a high school sweetheart relationship, I'd almost say. We've uh, been <laughs> we've been we've been going to we were well been we were at school together from say year seven. We've known each other for you know almost two decades now. So it's been a long time coming, and um, we bumped into each other actually after school, not really hanging out or you know seeing each other that much. And I was mm-hmm. working down at Gattaca on the Carlisle Street in Balclava, Lior making coffee down in Huff in Carnegie and he actually just walked past and I was making coffees out the window and he was like oh what are you doing I'm like I'm making coffee what are you doing oh I'm making coffee too I'm like all right cool well, you know why don't we uh why don't we catch up you know just talk some big dreams and talk about starting a uh, sandwich empire so no it's not actually how it happened but yeah we um <laughs> sat down and had a beer and you know talked about some big plans that we you know we both wanted to own our own cafe and work for ourselves and Obviously, that's, you know, most people who are in hospitality that take it seriously, that's where they want to end up. And that's why we do it. We, lo- we love the grind. So, yeah, from there, um, Leo actually went on to open District Brewer and I joined him for the ride, uh, managed the shop for him. We built a really nice relationship together, working really well together. A lot of people, you know, doubted, said, don't, don't work with friends. It's never going to end well. We had a lot of people telling us that, you know, and we just thought, you know what, we... We, we can feel it's working, we can feel it's right, so let's just let's just keep it going, um, which was really good. After that, three, three years went on, District Brewer was uh, history. Uh, we went on and then started our own venture together after feeling like we uh, made a good team mm-hmm. and uh, opened Time and Place in Bentley East, which was another cafe, trying to do nights there, trying to do daytime, you know, just really uh, give the uh, East Bentley community something different. I felt like it was really needed there. And then from there, we look. Souls, Souls came. It wasn't. It wasn't quite an accident, so to speak. But I think there was a lot of. We were really passionate about sandwiches when we were working mm. at Time and Place, and we had like a massive display cabinet 
lots of pastries, lots of salads. Like we had a different, we had like three different salads every day, three different sandwiches every day. Right. And then we had this dining menu and we just found like that everyone was going for the, the cabinet, the display cabinet. Like it was just, it was the thing. There was a line for the cabinet and then like, then there was the menu, you know? So we, I guess like the momentum grew with like this passion to just continue to try and create new sandwiches. And I think one thing led to another and we just felt that's, that's where we were heading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, same with 100% of Melbourne and the rest of Australia, is it was takeaway only at some points during lockdowns. And we found that's all we were doing, just takeaway food, takeaway coffee. That's all there was. And we actually drove past, Leo actually drove past a spot in Carnegie where he used to, uh, we used to work and we saw a hole in the wall. We just, it just looked like it needed to be a sandwich shop. Like it just, it just, yeah. it just felt right. Had a nice exposed brick wall perfect like to chuck up some art like we used to have a district brewer just get that real nice vibe going of something authentic something that's been there for 10 years and then i guess yeah souls souls was born out of there and the rest yeah, is history uh, <laughs> that's, that's where we're at now there's a bit more to expand on but i guess yeah. we'll get there leo like when Elliot was talking about like you guys catching up for a beer and and that kind of stuff early on like that was so that was before you started working at district bureau a brewer together yeah, it was. It was kind of sort of at the infancy of when I sort of wanted to start owning my own business and looking looking at that venture. So yeah, it was kind of kind of weird that I saw him there and felt like it was kind of meant to be in a way. Related from there, the conversation started, and um, that's where the idea for District Brewer came. Where Elliot came along as the the venue manager, and sort of that's how the relationship kicked off, really. So you guys were were you sort of deliberately testing like how you guys would work together, or was that just a sort of organic kind of thing that happened? It was definitely an organic formation. I yeah. think it's it just felt right, you know. Like Elliot said, just touching on that, there were like sort of heaps of people, you know, were sort of advising against us going into business together and working together. But I just felt the the chemistry was right and sort of just it just, just felt right yeah. yeah just naturally progressed i guess exactly to what it is yeah yeah, yeah. ellie you sort of talked about you know focusing on sandwiches and and that kind of stuff obviously with souls it just sort of felt right to have a hole in the wall now you know at that time you've got three or four brands like off the top of my head that were really focusing on sandwiches as well was that why you guys thought it was a tr- well, like was it a trend for you or was it just an organic thing that you were seeing at time and place and you thought this is really selling. I think this could actually be a standalone brand in itself. I think there's a few things. Saw the gap in the market. Gap in the market yeah. for sure. Um, and then just, I think it was not only a gap in the market, but we, we know Carnegie pretty well. And we've always said like, there's nothing there. There's, there's you know, there's half just slinging you bagels. Could, you could get a coffee, but you couldn't really get a nice pastry or a mm. nice just, you know, a nice sandwich, really. It's just something fresh and like, you know, it's filled sure. with all, all the Asian restaurants and it's got the bagel shop. And in terms of a sandwich, you couldn't really get anything of the sort. So, yeah, like, I guess we saw the, the gap in the market and especially with lockdown, you know, it proved that there was a market for that grab and go option. Yes. Um, and that there was, yeah, there was a there was a need for it. So, yeah, look, we, we explored the idea and thought, you know, this, the sandwich is probably the best vessel to, to be creative with. And mm. yeah, it just went from there. Was it a case that you had to educate customers on the value prop that they were going to get with a sandwich, which, you know, over that $10 mark into that $12, $14 mark? Because notoriously in hospitality, as you guys would know, like people would spend the least amount of their money in breakfast, slightly more in lunch, slightly 
And then dinner is where they spend most of their money, right? So to try and get anyone to spend a bit more money in breakfast and lunch is really, really tough, but especially lunch. So do you have to do any kind of education around what the sandwiches were to get them on board? I think we just went with the motto, you know, in Seoul we trust and, you know, you just, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> um, I think it, the product speaks for itself. Our sandwiches aren't small. They're pretty loaded. They're pretty unique. I think that people, I think that anyone that when you start up a business, you've got one go to please people. You really do. And I think that we, we just really, really tried to push the envelope before we open and really we, we, we were there. I'm pretty sure for like a week straight till midnight, toasting sandwich after sandwich, trying to perfect exactly how these were going to come out because we knew we were onto something here. We knew that there was something special brewing and we just, we became obsessed with making sure the product was perfect and like leading to your question about the price point. There's definitely a market of people that would be like, I'm never paying 15 or $16 for a sandwich, but that's not our market. Our market is people that appreciate good food. Our market's people that appreciate good uh, customer service. And mm. that, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're about. And also the, the product sort of speaks for itself in terms of yeah. the quality of producers and suppliers that we work with. That's um, really important to us. Yeah. We don't cut corners with that stuff. So, so I, I feel like we can justify the prices that we deliver to our consumer. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's super important for us to keep that quality the main focus. I want to. I want to ask you about your supply chain in a second. But before I do, I want to ask just about your your product development in those early stages. Like, do you think I noticed you have a really, you know, when I, when I first came across you guys, like you have a really tight menu, right? Like, it's not like you're doing fifteen different types of sandwiches off the bat. Yeah. Even for people who are experienced in hospitality, like when they buy their first venue, they try and please everyone, right? So that usually means a a, a bigger menu. Was it hard at, when you're developing these new? sandwiches to sort of stop and to say oh no we're only going to do six we're only going to do eight when we open rather than doing 25 definitely learned that along the way you know i guess over time in hospitality you always start off trying to please everyone and along the way you you start to realize that you just need to focus on that that market that really supports you you start to sort of learn more about your community and what they're after and and hone in on that so yeah look it, it was it was tough to make some decisions in, in cutting certain sandwiches, but we really thought the menu out quite thoroughly. How long did it take you to actually develop the menu from when you started? Probably, yeah, I'd say over a year from before. Wow, we okay. Because it, it was like like we said, we had sandwiches that we were selling at the cafe and we were, we were honing in on them. We were refining them every week. That doesn't need pickle. That needs more cheese. That pastrami is better. You know, like it just... It was so much love that went into those like six or seven items that we had on that menu mm. that it kind of, it reflected in the simplicity of the menu. Like Leo was saying, like you, you're trying to please everyone um, and you don't, that's, less is more. It's not cliche. It, it, it's, it's very true. Less is more. Yeah. You're, you're going more confident. You know what I mean? Like we, we've decided on half a dozen sandwiches that we think are fucking epic. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, you can definitely swear. That's fine. Uh, we thought we're just, yeah, we're really, really good. Mm. I guess and just perfecting the ingredients yeah. that actually go into those subs. Exactly. That's at the forefront for us. And mm-hmm. that's the most important. Yeah, I, I guess it, it it was tricky, but in sort of saying that, I think we've got a, a good menu now and I'm kind of glad that we, we kept it simple. We also run specials almost every week. By doing specials, by keeping the menu small, we can do that, you know? So we, we run midweek specials. We run like just pop specials the night before bang there's going to be a roast beef on 
Um, like we do a roast, roast beef and gravy sandwich every Friday, which is, you know, going nuts at the moment. <laughs> Something new that we've just like brought in. Mm-hmm. Like it's always, it, it keeps us flexible. It keeps us, it keeps it exciting. Keeps it exciting for our team of chefs. Um, mm-hmm. Keeps it exciting for our staff. It builds that culture as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like it, it all, it all just works better when you're, when you're not running yourself off your feet. My, my old boss used to have this saying, if you ever see someone walking around in the street talking to themselves, they own a cafe. <laughs> so and that kind of stuck with me. It's like, if you make, just make life a bit easier for yourself, have confidence in the things you do. And yep. uh, yeah, not to, not to worry so much about trying to please everyone. Like Leo said, there's no point. When you, when you started out building the menu and you were, you know, looking at different suppliers and that kind of stuff, were you, were you going off the suppliers that you had in, in time and place and, and also in the other brands you've worked with? Or was it a case of like just seeing completely what was out there in the market and just starting something new? Well, the thing is with suppliers as well, we, it was a lot of the same suppliers we're already using. Mm. Um, I feel like, yeah, it was, it was really the same suppliers that we're but using at the moment. Cert, the thing with, um, with our menus, like certain sandwiches will only work on certain vessels. Yes. So we really had to go out there and um, really find the perfect the perfect bread for each individual sandwich. Like if we weren't happy with the way it ate, we would go back out and we until we found the right supplier for that particular bread, we wouldn't mm-hmm. serve that sandwich. It was tricky, um, but I think I think now we've sort of we've built a really good relationship with all our suppliers. So that's that's kind of where it is at the moment has it been part of your product range uh your skews which is the hardest to source like bread or meat any part of that supply chain which has been pretty tricky i think um i think is the amount of choice you have with bread and the <laughs> amount of the different ways that bread as you know yourself sean mm. bread bread fresh or bread toasted you can have it like six different ways and then like this might be better on this way or you know like it's just so it's so versatile but it can really just like it's testing at times um, <laughs> but i think yeah like it's Bread, I'd say bread is the, every sandwich needs good bread. Yeah. You know, yeah. we spoke about this the other day and yeah. that there's, is, there's nothing yeah. worse than like bread sliding around when you eat a sandwich. Like yeah. if it falls apart, then it's like, it's not a real sandwich. And as you guys are growing, like, is that, has it been, how important has it been to make sure those suppliers are really close with you guys? Cause you're obviously doing great numbers out of the three sites you have. We'll talk a bit further on the podcast about what you're planning are for the future, but like it's, it's impeccably hard to have a really close relationship with those suppliers in the first instance, right? For sure, for sure. We, um, our chef Alex, who's in charge of the operations and everything else, I think like I think it's once every two or three weeks he'll call up our butcher that we get the majority of our meats for. They're actually a local local supplier down in um, down in Hawthorne, mm-hmm. um, and they work really closely with him to perfect what we need for our specials, for our menu. They'll make sure they'll even call us up. Be like, we've got like, we've got some beautiful like pork header on at the moment. We've got like this new rub, this new seasoning. Like you guys need to try it. Then we'll like smash it out on a sandwich. We'll get it going. We'll put a couple of kilos on. It really, uh, yeah, it's really great. So like the relationship between our butchers and our chef, especially, I reckon that's the closest relationship, just getting that meat right, like the smoke level in our pastrami, making sure it's thinly sliced. The the difference with the pastrami, like I've, I've eaten a sandwich, when we, when we were testing them, like it was millimetres in like, for example, the, the thinness of the pastrami, it made a difference in the edibility of the sandwich. And it just it made a difference to the bread, it made a difference to the sauce. Pastrami is too thick, it's going to slide out, like it just, it won't cook properly, like little little things it all makes up the perfect sandwich can go about i can go on about it 
I feel like we could talk about pastrami for a whole yeah. podcast. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Prince, principles of pastrami. <laughs> I love it. Best um, idea. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a good idea. I think we should launch that podcast. I was going to ask when you do your LTOs, when you do your specials, is that is that dictated by what your suppliers have on hand or what's coming through that's new, or are you planning out two months in advance what those LTOs are going to be week on week, and then you plan for that in your supply chain? Look, we always try to sort of plan ahead and, and stay ahead, but sometimes it's harder. You know, some weeks are harder than others and some weeks we, you know, we'll get the call from the supplier saying, hey, I've got this. Do you want to run this this weekend? And it's if it's a really good product and we're really happy with it, um, we'll just run with that special and sort of push our program back a bit. But we try not to, to stay too stringent with our programming just so it gives us the, the flexibility to innovate and keep things fresh. And if things come up that week, then yeah, it just leaves us sort of space and, and, and that sort of effort goes into to whatever we can get our hands on at the time. You know, as we said at the start of the podcast, like your bets mates, you know each other for a long time. <laughs> maybe, maybe Elliot, maybe if you start, like what what is the thing you've learned about working together? Um. Working together, mm. we both have our our uh, strengths and weaknesses. I'd say. Yep. I think we know each other inside out. Mm-hmm. He can give me shit almost I'll too take much. It. I'll <laughs> give him, he can take it. Um, our wives actually get pissed off because we just, you know, on the phone. They think, the they think, they think just... we're having an affair together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we spend a lot of time together. Yes. A lot, a lot of time together. And now even more with both of us, you know, becoming a family men now. We've both got kids. Yeah, lovely. In four months, which wasn't planned, I swear. We finally have something in common. Yeah, we've well. got we've got something in common in <laughs> yeah. Leo, what about what about you? Like, is there anything you've learned about Elliot, like in, in the path of doing this business that you probably didn't know before, even though you guys knew each other so well? Well, I guess like we've to this day, we've already sort of been in partnership together for a while. So yeah. The relationship was established. We weren't going in blind yep. um, into Saul. So we knew that we could sort of tackle this at our best ability. Um, and yeah, just I, I love that we can just bounce off each other um, when, when he's down and I'm up. Like we just sort of ride the wave together. And it's it's nice to know that you have that support as well. If shit hits the fan or mm. as you know, there's as you know, there's always, you know, issues and problems that come up and it's just really uh, comforting to know that your business partner is always there for you yeah. in a long time. It's nice. Give each other a collective hug. Oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, with a seven-day operation, like, you guys could literally be around each other all the time. Like, do you deliberate? Like, this is a serious question. Do you deliberately take some time off from each other? We we don't see each other for a given day. Uh, it doesn't happen often. And like when we're not together, we're usually like texting and like yeah. spitball ideas and tagging each other in all this shit on Instagram. Like it's yeah. just yeah. nonstop, but it, it doesn't feel that way. It just feels, yeah, I don't know. Just when we're meant to be um, spending Sundays with our family, we've now, <laughs> we've now got a new session at 6pm on a Sunday called the, the, the pump up for the week. Right. So Sunday night fire we, up. We, uh, yeah. the Sunday night pump up. We get on the phones and we just start blasting each other. You fucking do this. <laughs> get ready for this. It's going to be a big week. Okay. Oh, so it's yeah. a positive thing. Right. Okay. No, it's a positive. Okay. Like a motivational session for both of us. It's like we're talking it. to each other, but talking to ourselves. It's really weird. <laughs> do you, like I, I like when I have co-founders on because I like to talk about how they structure sort of their days and their weeks and that kind of stuff. Like, do you guys have? Because you guys are talking so much, like sometimes I found I found when I've worked with with people, like you get less done because you're talking so much to each other. 
then how to think about how you're going to actually operate together is a different story. Like, do you have a sort of daily or other than your Sunday pump up? Like, do you have a daily or a weekly kind of schedule where you just talk about ops and like, we need to get this done, need to get this done? So we always sort of make a plan for the week and, you know, we usually get to the office on the Monday and we've already talked about it all on Sunday. So Monday is just, uh, we're just kind of staring at each other, like, what do we do today? (laughs) (laughs) Then Tuesday will be like our operations team meeting, which our operations manager just has a go at us and gets things actually done. Yes. Um, And then, you know, the week sort of just flows from there. Like build momentum. Yeah, build momentum through the week, focus on specials, going through reporting and, yeah, we're really trying to structure the business now. So we've we actually brought on a lot of people to help us with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of really exciting that we've we've got sort of really experienced people who we lean to for mentoring and and that kind of stuff. That I just wanted to touch on, Sean, is like it's. I feel like for the majority of the time being in hospitality, it was always so hard to find staff. Yeah, and it still is hard to find staff and respect, but. Like we, I feel like the current bunch of staff we have, they like they really love working at Souls, and I feel like that's a real something's really like something really special is building there with the staff we have and the culture that's been created, and mm. I think that's really important. Probably number one is building that culture because great people will stay in great places. So I feel like that's yeah a big thing that's that we never noticed having cafes is that Souls has attracted this this almost yeah this just audience yeah and this, yeah this like, this yeah. vibe and. People love working at Souls, and we, we don't see it as much because we're not we're not there. But we see like the staff organizing parties and like these little things that they do after work, and like like friends are being like they've got friendships developing at work that we don't we don't really know about because we're you know we're in the shadows kind of doing other things. But it's so, it's really nice to watch, which is different to like I said, the cafe industry. It was always just a lot of entitlement, a lot of just a just a different different vibe. Really refreshing. How do you think that happened? Because like obviously you guys have built really good cafes before. Like is is it because is it because this feels like a brand you've got a couple more locations? Like how did you actually build that culture? I feel like people are kind of riding the wave as well. People that have worked with us. We've had a few people that have stayed on from time and place from yeah. um, two years ago and I think they can see what we see and I feel like they I think me and Leora have also improved a lot on the experience that we offer our staff and the training that we provide them, the community as well that yeah, we're building, the and community we're building, the way that we actually communicate with them, and what we we tell them we expect of them, and like I think they've really they've really taken it on, and they mm-hmm. really appreciate what we do. We yeah. also made it like a really important thing that we focus on as well is is our staff well being and, and that and that kind of stuff is really important to to me and and Elliot now as well. So that that's yeah that's super super focal for us. Can you delve into a bit more, Leo, about what you guys are doing about staff will be just sort of uh, you know weekly catch ups, mm-hmm. make sure we're checking in all the time, and really trying to assist where we can. Um, if we see that you know staff are struggling, we really try and nurture them and 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 just support them and, and be with them as much as possible. We do a lot of like one on one time as well with them, um, take them in and you know see if they see if they need anything from us, like in terms of. You know, any, anything we can do in terms of support, or and it's not just at work; it's also externally. If if they need help with anything, we're we're literally always available yeah. for, for a chat. And yeah, I think that's a special thing as well. Yeah, and hence why you got the culture as well that you guys do. Like, I think that plays a lot into it as well. The reason I asked that at York because obviously, well-being is such an important message at the moment. A lot of brands are uh, saying what they're doing, and and sometimes that'll be really good intention things like 
gym classes or time off or meditation sessions and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like you guys giving up your time as owners and co-founders of this business to staff who are working for you, I think is the most important thing you guys can do. So I think yeah. um, that's that's the reason why you guys are just flying at the moment. Melbourne is undoubtedly the hottest and most competitive market for sandwiches in the country. How often do you guys look at your competitors and see what they're doing in order to figure out what you're going to do next? The thing is, yeah, like we we definitely like there's, there's so many sandwich shops and everyone's doing really, really awesome stuff. Everyone's got their own kind of thing going on. And I think it is, I think competition is healthy, but I think as well, like we're on our own, we're on our own, we're doing our own thing at the moment. And we try not to compare ourselves too much to other sandwich shops, because like I said, we are unique in our own way. What like the plans that we have for the future and what our, the long-term goals that we have, I could pretty confidently say are very different to that of 95% of the other sandwich shops uh, in Melbourne, Melbourne. Um, I feel like definitely there's some, there's some pretty cool things going on in Melbourne and there's some really, really exciting. And um, yeah, a lot of places we haven't tried yet as well. We've tried some really nice places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still, we want to try Northside, but yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff going on. And how are you guys getting inspiration for the brand moving forward? Like are you looking to, obviously you've taken this brand from an inspiration of like New York delis and diners and that kind of stuff. Are you looking to brands in New York and America as sort of inspiration for what you guys are doing next or is it just internal kind of inspiration now? It kind of just builds from the, the team within. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we eat out a lot and, you know, we we stay on track with trends and, and all that kind of stuff. But really it all it all comes from the conversations that happen within the office and the workspace and and from there the bigger ideas start to to grow yeah so you know look we do we do eat out and we do obviously look at you know other venues and and stay on track with that but yeah yeah like really it just it just happens internally yeah cool. team. so a couple of questions before i let you boys go the first one is obviously when we sat down last week i was uh, humbled by how how you're planning to grow this brand and and what's moving forward. Like I think it's really inspirational what you both are doing. Like, do you want to share like how big you actually want this brand to grow over the next couple of years? Yeah, I guess we can sort of summarise that we're we're planning to basically take Souls Australia wide mm-hmm. in the next two to five years. You know, in all the major states. So that's that's really exciting. And you know, along the way, we're also really keen on building those relationships. Uh, with people around us and other businesses with collaborations and all that kind of stuff and yeah like we'll we'll see what the next couple of years brings but we've we've got huge plans and we're, we're really really excited for that is there any state that you want to focus on first um i'd probably say new south wales although i was in brisbane recently and i was pretty wowed with the city of brisbane and i think there's a lot of potential there as well and the nice weather helps too so <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't mind the cheeky trip over there makes you but, feel a bit um, happier yeah <laughs> yeah so that's kind of our our plans in a nutshell and we're super stoked to see where it takes us and do you think it will largely be the same sort of format sort of holes in walls small shops you know diners like you've got in bentley like are you sort of thinking that kind of build out of the brand yes and no so yep. we've actually got another format opening in a month or two which is going to be a drive-through i yep. can't reveal the location yet so sure. it's kind of a new uh, concept under the Saul's umbrella so yeah like that's that's really really exciting a new sort of thing to to focus on and um, something different but also it's still Saul's so it'll have that nice touch on it yeah. actual, actual gourmet fast food which is something that no one's doing yeah absolutely 
Is, is there a reason why you guys wanted to do a drive-through? Was that something that you went out and went to market to try and look for or is that something that came to you and got offered? Absolutely not. Yeah, it yeah. just sort of, sort of came up in conversation and someone offered a, a really cool site to us. We went and had a look and basically the next day we, we signed the deal. So now it's, uh, it's all underway and we can't wait to show everyone what it is. Yeah, can't wait to see it. So final question to you boys both. Like obviously you've got big growth strategies for this year, but like personally, what are you, what are you looking forward to in 2022? Like the year started pretty oddly, but hopefully we're, we're starting to get a, um, a bit better at the moment in regards to Melbourne and hospitality. Like what are you both personally looking forward to this year? Me, just keeping my fitness, physic, both physically and mentally, uh, keep improving on that and just uh, really just watching my son grow up and prosper and spending more time with the family. Awesome. Yeah. Elliot? Mate, yeah, you, uh, my, my, kid, my kid's taking over my world a little bit at the moment. <laughs> it's a joy. Just another element to, to look forward to this year. Yep. Um, of course, souls, souls is souls and, uh, yeah, family's family. So it's, um, they're both really exciting things to look forward to. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum building now this year. So, yeah, just can't wait to see what happens. Boys, it's been great to have you on the show today, especially at this point of the brand. Like I know we're going to reflect back on this in a couple of years when you have 20 plus locations ago that was that was a real turning point in what you were doing in that part in 2022 and i know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to reach out and understand more about souls so what's the best place that people can find out about it and and understand more about the brand probably our instagram uh soul sandwiches or you can jump on our website www.souls.com.au or in store check us out on linkedin as well we're both on there so yeah yeah if you need to reach out got any questions or where, where all he is. As always, linked up in the show notes of this podcast. Lior and Elliot, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, thanks Sean. Thanks for having us, mate. Cheers, bud. <laughs> thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. I definitely know I did. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind. So we'd really appreciate you sharing it along. Thanks as well to our major supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And of course, if you don't know us at Pose, Sash, my co-founder, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around graphic design, then you can find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. And until next time, stay safe. Thank you.